morning, everyone, and welcome to the SOCON Report podcast. My name is Joseph Combe. I'll be your host this morning. I'll be joined by FPA's president and CEO, Craig DeRoche, as well. We are going to break down for you last night's final GOP primary debate. We've given you analysis of all of the debates so far up to this point. This is the last one, and we've got some great topics to pick through. They gave us a lot of good fodder, and we're going to give you all the lowdown, especially for concert, for social conservative um, uh, voters and supporters and people that are interested in, in those particular issue areas. So as I said, I'm joined by a great guest this morning. When he is not cheering on the Michigan Wolverines, he serves as FPA's president and CEO, Craig DeRoche. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Joseph, it's it's great to be with you on uh, such a fun day, and, and thanks for teasing me about Michigan, too. Yeah, oh, you're welcome. It's a good, it's an exciting time. And and ironically enough, last night's debate was at the University of Alabama, who will be playing Michigan. So all the more relevant for you. Um, and with that said, I want to jump right into this, because unlike a lot of the previous debates, the candidates wasted, wasted no time getting into social conservative issues. I mean, right out of the gate, it started. And the first person who got to talk was Governor Ron DeSantis. And one of the first things he mentioned when he defended his record was that he bragged about beating the teachers unions in Florida to achieve school choice. So parental rights came up in a greater context later on, and, and we'll definitely get to that. But what does this primacy, this importance that they placed on the unions and school choice especially mean for the next president, both at the state and federal level? What do you think, Craig? Well, it's one of the first things I learned when I was 21. I had this fellowship at Michigan State University about politics. And what they were saying, we were right and left aspiring leaders in there, was if you go back in history and you look at policies, you're going to find that you're not going to find somebody that was trying to do something to hurt people. They're not, their policies were well-intentioned. They just have the wrong effect, right? And uh, I think uh, Governor Santis was wise to show his experience as a governor that uh, um, we, we spend all of this money on education at the at the federal and the state and at the local level. It's primary, there is no debate on the primacy of the importance of educating the next generation as they come up, but you have this structural problem, which is who's it for? Are we educating kids for the kids and for the parents providing a solution for the parents that don't have the time you know, or the ability to educate their own children, which is their responsibility. If the, if the state's gonna provide a solution, who's in control of that? And, and uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats have clearly said it's the government. If, you, if you're not raising your own children and you give them to us, we're in control of your children and we're doing this for the government workers, the, the, their best interests. And I think it was very wise and I think it might've startled the media that Ron DeSantis knew what the actual problem was. And, and by the way, you go into the healthcare. Is our healthcare helping the kids or is it helping the pharmaceutical companies and the healthcare systems? Is our prison system uh, making people less likely to commit a crime or is it you know, geared around you know, the, the, the government workers? And, and uh, it, it comes from this conservative, social conservative belief that government performance matters and that our children matter. So I think it was a great way to start the debate. I think it was important that he got up there, but. I don't know what the GOP uh, uh, voters recognize right now, uh, um, the importance of the unions in a bay, Joseph. So I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm, I'm going to ask you more about unions in a second. But as, you know, as, as the policy director at FPA, um, the my policy brain turns on. And, and to me, I, I just want to add that it, it, it emphasizes the importance of the Educational Choice for Children Act, which is a, a bill that's currently in Congress. It's a federal school choice program. 
And we've done a lot to support that that, that bill. It's drafted by our friends at the Invest in Education Coalition. And uh, obviously it wouldn't be signed in, in, in today's Congress or in, in today's Washington, D.C., but the next president will likely have to consider whether they're going to sign that legislation. And that's an important thing, I think, for social conservatives to consider. So on the topic of, of unions, there was a recent report that multiple outlets have covered that it revealed that private and public sector unions spend enormous amounts of their members' money, including large portions of their mandatory dues, not just voluntary contributions, to elect Democrats to pretty much every office imaginable, including judges. Uh, I think of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, for example. So why does that matter for social conserv conservatives? Um, you mentioned the teachers unions you know, uh, briefly in that context, but just unions overall, um, why is that important for, for, for the social conservative and for the next president? This is really important and I want people to hear me on this because Family Policy Alliance and social conservatives are not anti-union. Our problem is not with the union members. So if you're a union member, you're a teacher, you're an auto worker, carpenter, electrician, plumber, we're not saying that you're doing the wrong thing by being a member of the union. It's just like a lot of other institutions in America, they stopped defending you with those resources that you give them, usually because the resources are forced for you to give them. It's not voluntary. And so they feel uh, empowered to do whatever they want with it because the government forces you to pay your dues. And uh, uh, what we're seeing by and large is that they're not representing the values of the union members and, and what their goals are. Teachers want kids to have the best education possible. Police officers want the safest streets possible. The people that screw it up are the union leaders and the governmental leaders that said bad policy. And the fight we're in, just please understand this if you're hearing us talk, <laughs> Governor DeSantis, you know, Chris Christie, all of them have, have, have sparred with the unions about the leadership. And, and uh, folks, if this is the fight we're having in the states that we've had success in. Arizona now has school choice. A school board academy graduate, Speaker Ben Marks, ushered that bill through. The parents get the money, uh, just like they do. It's not that controversial, like in, in Michigan and many states for college. The colleges get the money on a per pupil grant based on where the, the kids choose and the parents choose, not based on the government giving you the money. And, and that forces competition, it forces better decision-making and accountability. And, and the states that have done that, the, the, the progressive left is in a full-blown meltdown because they realize that a year or two of parents doing that, they will never get that control back. There'll be plenty of unions in the school choice movement, but the power will have transferred from them to the parents. And, and they're really fighting the last grasps and vestiges of that 100-year-old power structure they have. And I think it's important that the, the uh, GOP and social conservatives, uh, um, and, and a lot of Democrats should be aware, and I think they are in, in, in some aspects of government, how harmful uh, um, the unions have been in blocking the reform that the parents need the most. And, and look at the plummeting mass uh, scores in America. The reason why that is occurring is because the unions are hand in glove with the corporate leftist elites that have abandoned teaching reading and writing and arithmetic in our schools. And they're teaching these perverted things like ESG and social justice and things that are, are, are just making our kids, it, it, it's stealing the ground from underneath their feet. And we're wondering why they have uh, mental health disorders is because we're lying to them all day, every day in their schools. So folks, this is all connected. I wish it would have been talked about more forcefully. I know we're going to talk about some other social conservative issues like life and transgenderism here, but I'm glad you caught it, Joseph, because I do think it was important that they did talk about uh, uh, school choice and the role unions play. 
uh, um, but these candidates out in the field, they're, they're going to have to be more aggressive than that if they're going to be president and, and they want to see uh, school choice actually take hold in America. I think that's all right on, Craig. I couldn't agree more. I, I just, I'll just add on the teachers union specifically, like what you said about uh, they're, they're taking their they're folks to take care of, of, of teachers, not kids, unfortunately. And that, that leads the union leadership to oppose things like school choice that's broadly popular and uh, homeschooling and more freedom there. So it's all relevant concerns for social conservatives. And I, I, that's why I appreciate you, you're analyzing that for us. That opening statement, the opening jousting, I should say, was just packed with social conservative issues last night. And one of them was uh, uh, Florida's Help Not Harm Bill, which is a campaign that Family Policy Alliance began that protects children from the harm of so-called gender transition procedures and ensures they can facilitate the help they need. And this bill that, that Governor DeSantis had signed came up multiple times in very heated fashion. And um, I just want to ask you, you know, Family Policy Alliance has worked very hard to get 20 states, including Florida, to pass this bill. So how does the centrality of that particular issue, gender transition procedures on minors, how does that illustrate the success of our campaign to elevate this? And uh, what does that say about the importance for it for the next president? It was on full display. Uh, it was on. Thank you, Joseph. This this was so much fun, folks. Those of you that have been, you know, supporting us, we were founded by Dr. James Dobson. We were founded within the focus on the family building before we were spun out in 2013. We're an independent group now, and and we operate uh, uh, with your support. But our legacy, our legacy has always been to bring your voice to the people of influence, and and you know bring uh, uh, um, truth to power, so to speak, and uh, to see them vo vociferously uh, fight and, and throw the elbows of which one of them was more solid on our issues. And folks, remember this, when Family Policy Alliance and the Family Policy Councils, there are 40 of these great organizations in your states, we're going to post a link here. We hope that you get involved with them. They're the ones that are making the difference. Our ideas don't come from Washington, D.C. down at you, they come from where you live up toward Washington, D.C. And that's what happened in Florida. And and folks said, we've had enough, we're not gonna take it anymore. The the Florida Family Policy Council led by John Stenberger got involved and they mobilized around that. And these bills that corporate America, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Nike, you know, Target, Bud Light, the rest of really the entirety of the Fortune 500 uh, um, funds the opposition to our work. And the governors, couldn't line up fast enough to oppose us over the last five years. And that's what you were hearing. People like Nikki Haley saying something that she opposed when she was governor, she is stridently and strongly in support of now. And I believe that that's authentic. I believe that she's there now as Christy Noem is, as a governor in Texas, as so many of these others that started on the wrong foot. But folks, that's what leadership looks like. And that's what you've helped build here at Family Policy Alliance. We don't have to make fun of the people that are late to the game. I think it's important for some of the people that are there first to point that out, I guess, if you're competing for votes. But what I loved was the four people left standing and God willing, the person off stage, we, we don't know where he is on social conservative issues. He seems to be changing some of his opinions there, but historically he has been strong uh, um, on some of the transgender stuff. And so uh, um, I want our audience to know that that's progress that that's important, that, that the, the GOP is in a different place than they were 10 years ago. And it's because of you at home that have helped make this happen. These issues, literally two or three years ago, when I was hired as uh, uh, the CEO here, I came over from prison fellowship, 
uh, um, the, the corporate uh, uh, Republican establishment was saying uh, that we are in search of a problem with boys going into the bathrooms uh, um, with, with, with this transgender stuff. And, and it's unraveling communities. It's contributing to the, the suicides and in the, the, the mental health decline of our children. And it's unraveling our education system and our competitive athletics. <laughs> and, and they're saying that we made up the issue. Well, it, it, it's metastasized pretty quickly, Joseph. And it's a privilege that God has put FPA at the front lines to be able to serve these uh, aspiring uh, uh, presidents. And I'm glad they're getting that one right. I completely agree. It really is uh, an honor to be placed here by God and by our supporters who enable us to do that and by these state groups. And you're absolutely right, right, Craig, because I just think of the progression. You know, two years ago when Help Not, Help Not Harm debuted in 2017, it took two years for even one state to pass it. Two years later, or a year later, only two states had passed it. We had Arkansas, Arizona, and then this year we saw 17 states pass the bill, including Florida. That is evidence of what our supporters and our state groups have done. So I'm so glad you highlighted that. And it makes me glad that parental rights played such a key role in last night's debate. I, I wanna ask you about a couple other uh, items where it came up. Um, Governor DeSantis also dis defended his record of signing Florida's parental rights and education bill, which was very inaccurately mis uh, nicknamed the don't say gay bill, uh, which just meant that uh, uh, teachers in grades K through three couldn't talk about sexually explicit material with, with kids. And uh, Governor Haley argued back that it was more respectful of parental rights to not in enact such bills. She made a compelling case for that. So I want to know from you, Craig, help social conservatives think about this and uh, what, what's really most respectful of parental rights on that on that issue. It, it, it's it's a really bright line it, for me. And it was nonsensical what uh, uh, Governor Haley and, and uh, uh, former Governor Christie uh, were talking about with par parental rights. Uh, folks, that the children of America have their own dignity, worth, and, and being created in the image of God. We have all sorts of laws against manipulating and preying on the weak, the underdeveloped, the people that don't have the capacity to discern the truth, that, that don't understand the weighing of risks and rewards. It's why we have a juvenile justice system in America. It is truly different when a 15-year-old acts violently against somebody than when a 35-year-old does. Think of a fight in a parking lot at a McDonald's. If that's two high school kids, do you think that they should go to jail? But if they're two adults that keep doing it, you might think they should be charged with assault and fingerprinted and maybe serve some time in the clink. We're smart enough to know that. These kids, we protect them. Uh, I had, a, I had a, one of my good friends in high school uh, had identity issues and self-esteem issues. He wanted to make the varsity football team. He took anabolic steroids. He went from benching 150 pounds to over 400 pounds in a couple of years. He made the varsity football team. He had plenty of girlfriends, might even been on the homecoming court, but he got testicular cancer when he was 22. You know, the country made the right choice. His parents were worried about his self-esteem. His parents were worried about his career, getting into college, getting it paid for with a scholarship, and they sacrificed his life, and they sacrificed the legacy of, of him being able to have children for that temporal emotional and mental distress that he had that, that Jesus could have provided an answer for. So I think our country is, is, is um, to the extent that they're funding and experimenting with children, um, are literally sweeping the seeds off the road. We're putting the rocks down so they don't get roots. We're preventing our children from finding the rich soil, and it's evil. And, and I don't take well to people that try to explain that away, because our kids deserve better. 
I think that Nikki Haley said it right. The president has one job and it's to keep America safe. Well, how are you gonna keep America safe if the kids are exposed to pornography and being sexualized? And what Ron DeSantis did, and I criticized him for this too, Joseph, this is a rant for me. And, and I still think that he has the time to go back and do it in the spring. But I think the public didn't understand what he was doing because that don't say gay marketing of the left. I think he should have passed a bill saying you can't teach sports betting to kids in school either. And I think he should have said you you got uh, you, you can't teach them how to drink alcohol or take hard drugs in school because that stuff's you know uh, going on in our our schools too. And and we want our our schools to be free of these cultural influences of all these vices that everybody seems to want to hook our kids on before they go into kindergarten. It's disgusting. I'm glad they're out of the closet. I think that everybody in this audience should be ready to put on the armor of the Lord and go to battle in 2024. You need no better example than when you heard Republican nominees wanting to run for president saying that they weren't going to uh, protect children from runaway flaky parents that would sacrifice their life for something that they're, you know, some trend uh, that aligns with their ideology. It, it's ghastly. I completely agree, Craig. That is the best angle through which to approach this this issue. I think is uh, you know, parental rights. Parents have the right to direct the upbringing of their children from the Constitution, including healthcare decisions. But healthcare decisions, by definition, help people. They don't harm them. And so-called gender transition procedures, as you say, sacrifice kids' lives and future when they're done to them. Um, and that's why when when Governor Christie, who besides this had some people are saying had a better debate last night, but he did imply that passing a help not harm bill takes away parental rights. Well, it's not a parental right to have your kid harmed. But fortunately, um, most, well, not fortunately, I should say, but you know, most parents are usually emotionally blackmailed into these things by healthcare practitioners they should be able to trust. They're being told, you, would you rather have a living son or a dead daughter? And what parent wouldn't bend, wouldn't fold over for that? So that's, I think it's important for us to differentiate that with social conservatives to know that because it it also impacts another issue area that's been huge for, for family policy lines, which is the Save Girls Sports Movement. Um, Governor Haley even called Saving Women's Sports last night, and I quote, the women's issue of our time. FBA's Save Girls Sports campaign, as you know, has helped pass 23 state bills preserving women's sports for actual women, not just failed male athletes who may or may not be struggling with gender dysphoria. But meanwhile, you have the Biden administration who's working around the clock to try to weaponize Title IX and misinterpret it to destroy women's rights and opportunities. So all this to say, Craig, I know women's sports are really important to you at a personal level. I'd like to know what should social conservatives expect of the next president regarding women's sports and women's rights and opportunities more broadly speaking? Yeah, this is really, it's a tangled web. And I think, I don't think everybody on stage understood where they are in the web. And, and so I'm going to say what I think the web looks like, and I hope our audience benefits from that. You can comment, too. We welcome your comments. We, we'd love to hear from you uh, on what, how you think the, the, the debate went last night, uh, um, how we're doing, if there's things that you think we ought to be taking a look at. But um, equality, liberty, and justice, that's what social conservatives, I think we have right. I, I think we get it right. I think we focus on equality. We believe that people are created the Imagio Dei in, in the image of the Lord, whether you're on death row and you have 30 days to live or whether you have not been born or, or any other iteration, if you're a kid suffering from gender dysphoria or any other affliction, uh, um, we think that you're just as important as ourselves and, and, and as our own children. 
uh, but we're not going to um, acknowledge the things that you're doing to hurt yourself uh, or, or put them, uh, enshrine them in a policy to hurt others. Um, to create this entire environment that the left has been trying to do since Ephesus and <laughs> Acts, uh, uh, they, they have to undermine the family. And, and, and uh, that, that's a liberty play. Uh, uh, they have to be in control of who lives and dies. That's justice. Understand that it's an injustice to kill somebody before they're born, just as it would be to kill them on the street, on the sidewalk. But they want the government to be the arbiter of who lives and, and who doesn't. And, um, you know, Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris, uh, whether it was uh, their opposition to the end of slavery, the Democratic Party, whether it was their opposition to the end of the Jim Crow era, uh, uh, whether it was the passage of the 1994 crime bill, uh, all these other things are about control of life and death over other human beings do not come from the hand of God. They come from the government. Trust me. You know, I'm AOC and I'm Joe Biden. We'll tell you whether or not you're a value and you can live in our country or not or literally breathe. And um, it, it's scary. But but our country has uh, benefited from this kind of coming out of the woodwork. And I think when we get into these parents rights issues and we hear these politicians talk, they get tangled up because corporate America and, and a lot of these country club style Republicans were more in line with that uh, um, uh, control light. You know, uh, um, we're, we're not as bad as the Democrats. And I fear that that's what too many people are hearing this siren song of. And that's why we have such a, a void of leadership in America. I think um, Americans want somebody who can boldly say everybody counts, Joseph. Everybody counts. Every single person matters. And and uh, that's important. And, and I think that um, every person is uh, uh, available for justice, you know, that, that justice applies equally to every person. And I think that when we get into the um, area of liberty, that that's a big area where, where um, if you take a look at that from a social conservative, where that liberty comes from, it can only come from to a social conservative. And, and we're a Christian organization. We work with other organizations, the people that align with us on values related to our policy. But for a Christian, that liberty only comes from God. He gave us freedom for freedom's sake. We know where our freedom comes from, and it was really hard for me to hear some of the ideas last night, Joseph, like you're talking about, of people that don't seem to understand where that comes from. They, they jump right into what the government ought to be doing, and, and uh, that, that was disheartening to me. Yeah, I agree. It was disappointing, but I, I do want to leave our audience with a little bit of hope. So this is the my last substantive question, at least for you, for you, Craig. Before we wrap up, is you know, Israel uh, came up multiple times last night in different settings, whether it was about the level to which the United States should support Israel in its fight against terrorism and Hamas in the Gaza Strip, or whether it was how to deal with the anti-Semitism that seems to have infiltrated pretty much every serious college campus in in this country, um, or close to it. So, Craig, we know this is important to our supporters as social conservatives and especially to Christians. So maybe just encourage our, our supporters before we leave. You know, why, why is Israel important? Why does Family Policy Alliance stand firm with Israel and, and why they should support um, the United States' commitment to its ally there? Yeah, and uh, Stacy and I, we have a menorah in our front uh, window. We have a really uh, large Jewish population where we live. I don't know if that tradition is. Other Christians are doing that around the country, but for your Jewish friends in your neighborhoods and in your community, they might appreciate 
that show of support, Joseph, I see your flag up there. And I think that's what we should be doing right now. I was a little disheartened. One of the candidates last night said, you know, seemed to think that it was like a property dispute, like a zoning thing. We can get the adults in the room and we can split this up. Um, we should spend more time in the Bible. This matters to Americans. Israel matters to Americans. Um, it's, it's very connected. Our entire constitution and form of government is reliant on an understanding and a worldview of, of Judeo-Christian uh, heritage and legacy. And, and that's where we draw our truth from. And, and that's where we stand everything up from. So people that discount or deny uh, Israel's role and the importance of who America is now and, and, and uh, what we'll be for as long as this uh, um, earth um, exists, um, I, I think that was a missed opportunity for them. But but I was encouraged. There was some strength from some of the others. And we'll continue the prayers. And I thank you for bringing that up, Joseph, because um, as we go into uh, Christmas, I, I know a lot of our supporters want to know where we are. And just be assured, FPA is going to keep keep there. We're going to be doing everything we can to support our friends in Israel. Yes, we certainly we certainly are. I remember as as a as a young lawyer, I took a trip to Israel, and I remember looking down on Jerusalem from across the valley, and was reminded of that verse in Psalms where God calls Zion the profession of beauty. And if that's what God, uh, the emphasis God places on on the Holy Land, then we need to too. This is not a land dispute. This is good versus evil. So thank you for saying that, Craig, and for encouraging our supporters. Um, just as we will wrap up, Craig, yes or no, is, is Michigan going to get it done on New Year's Day? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing's clear. I don't think they're stealing signs anymore because everybody <laughs> knows that they were stealing signs three months ago or whatever. So that's kind of faded. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, listen, the NCAA might be more screwed up than uh, uh, American politics right now. So it's a good metaphor. So let's see if they can lead on the field, the same as we want the, the, the uh, candidates running for president right now. Uh, if you're going to win, show us, demonstrate it. I think it's that time of the uh, campaign. It certainly is. It's going to be it's going to be a great day. And who knows? The word, word is Coach Harbaugh is going to come coach my Chicago Bears when it's all over. So we'll find yeah, out. Good pro-life, uh, good pro-life Christian there. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time, Craig. Um, and thanks to our audience for joining us for this final uh, GOP debate recap and analysis. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope it was helpful and encouraging to you. We're so glad to get to do this. Be sure to follow and support Family Policy Alliance and Foundation and follow our, our podcast and visit SoconReport.com for all your social conservative news. And uh, we'll be back next week with our final SoCon Report podcast of the year. So listen in there if you want all your social conservative news analysis and updates and maybe a little college football analysis too every now and then. Um, but thank you so much to our supporters for joining us this morning. We hope you have a great day. Brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.